Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of 44 Brew. And for this milestone quarter century episode, Jim decided to add a new feature, a post production intro, thanks to him messing up his recording of the original one. Fortunately, we didn't get too far into the episode before he'd realised. Uh, this week you're going to be hearing myself, Jim and Ivor uh, and all we'd discussed so far was what we've been watching this week. Uh, so we covered the Paul Merson gambling and football documentary which has been on uh, BBC and also on BBC uh, Jim had been watching the Rise of the Premier League series which I mentioned in the last episode and then for no apparent reason we got on to Squid Game but it's worth noting that Jim watched it dubbed, not subbed which is obviously very disappointing. And then we mentioned that we're potentially going to be bringing back the much-loved segment, Team of the Weekend. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy, and you're going to cut back in to when Jim fixed his recording. And and you're back. Yeah, you're back. My, I mean, back the in. quality of my recording may be very different to how it was than I last spoke, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll go with it. We'll call it... Worst case scenario, your your recording quality is as good as we can hear you, which is audible. Yeah. So. Oh well. I mean, about to our we, were, we, we were chatting shit about Squid yeah, Game. Yeah, say, I feel um, better. I was, I was about to try oh, and. I was, well, I was going to try and divert us back to, to on topic. I mean, given we're, that we decided on oh, shorter. Oh, we never got times. on to topic. No, we haven't covered drinks yet. I mean, I was very briefly <laughs> going to mention the fact that I think a better name for Team of the Weekend would be people who couldn't complete the triangle version of the honeycomb one. Because that was surely just like, like a guaranteed way to get straight that's through. Nice, that's nice yeah. and catchy. Oh, but it is though. Like, it's, it's pity. Our new, section, our new section, people who couldn't complete the triangle honeycomb challenge on Squid Game. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to nominate Fred. No, I rate that. <laughs> right, I'm drinking Di Serrano this evening. Matt, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you're drinking Di Serrano this evening, it's, but it's, go for it's it. It's been a long day, and to tell you the truth, I've run out of my inexhaustible supply of Brewdog beers. Oh, no. <laughs> I finally <laughs> finished them, again. And my, and my new, my new ones Generally, haven't... this is probably the first time in over ten episodes that you've not had Brewdog. My new ones haven't arrived yet. It can't, is it ten episodes? It was April was when I drank the Jack Daniels and was pissed by the end of recording. Yeah, because that's that was the night I dyed my hair orange. All right, I mean <laughs> okay. this is the first night in memory for me where you've not had a brew dog. Yeah, hmm. I can't remember anything between now and the JD that isn't brew dog. Yeah, no, I think that the infamous JD. I think that is right. To be um, tell you what the the Euros episode, the Euros final, I was drinking a bud. Oh, you were. That doesn't really count, though, because it was like ten minutes long. Also, That's true. Another, anyway, another point of the honeycomb um, thing before we move on. I know one player <laughs> wouldn't complete it. Luke Shaw, he'd just eat it whole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, I, saw a, I saw a TikTok yesterday that was Footballers with Disabilities Part 10, and after the what? long intro, it's just Luke Shaw, disability fat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Matt, what are you drinking? <laughs> yes, um, I'm drinking what seems like the only appropriate beer to get for today's episode, which is Newcastle Brown Ale. I know Rory's reviewed it before yeah. on the pod, but fun fact as well, this was... Um, I went and bought a four-pack the day that the takeover was completed, and I managed to get the last four-pack in Tesco. Wow. Because clearly all of the Maggies were out 
snatching their precious ale. How many Newcastle fans are there in Oxford? I have no clue. <laughs> and the only one that I know of, uh, or knew of, living in Oxford last year is on a year abroad now. So, oh. Oh. currently, to my knowledge, zero. <laughs> Right, so I guess should we get cracking with our first? Talk? No, no, you haven't. You I was haven't. drinking Bex. Oh right, I, thought I, was, I was drinking a warm. I was drinking warm Bex. Warm Bex. In, warm Bex. I in it, football this week. Sorry, I forgot. In football this uh, week, we I are, was drinking warm Bex. Yeah, and we're on. What, what are we starting with? I was going to start with we're in another international break. Oh, yeah, and moving on. Although I think the kicker. <laughs> the kicker. I think. It was quite a good international break. I enjoyed a very good Scotland win. Ali McCoy should commentate every game of football, in my opinion. <laughs> he is unbelievable at it. I sw- as well, since you complained about Lyndon Dykes, I have a feeling he's scored in every single game. <laughs> yeah, but he also missed like the easiest penalty. Like you just you put it straight down the middle. The easier, like some penalties are easier <laughs> yeah, but, like, than others. Yeah, but he's the goalkeeper. <laughs> Like, who cares? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, but it's like, yeah, you've got he, he didn't even look at the goal, put it straight down the middle. Like, it was a shit penalty, that's what I mean. And then, like, the goal he had... That that game actually looked quite It was a exciting. very good game. Scotland as oh, well. It was very good. This is big. Was that? This is huge. Was it 3-2? This is massive. It was 3-2. Scott McTominay yeah. scored in the 93rd minute off his chest. Most Scotland way ever to qualify for a World Cup, but here we are. Yeah, so this is keeping Scotland's dream alive, right, of getting to the World Cup. It becomes far more alive now. I think we're four points ahead of Israel, who are in third, and like two of the three remaining games are the Faroe Islands and like Moldova, or someone like mm-hmm. toss. So Wales are also keeping their hopes alive. Um, they was it a one nil win over Estonia? Um, their last result. Yes, um, it was described by BBC Sports app as, as a scraped victory. They scored in the 12th minute. I can't remember who it was that scored. It was uh, Kiefer Moore. I mean, who else scores for Wales, really? I was so. just going to say that I was, I was slagging off Moldova as uh, one of Scotland's upcoming games, but the, uh, the only Moldovan club in the Champions League just beat Real Madrid, so he might want to hold his tongue before he slags off Moldova. That's true. Uh, and also Scotland have previously lost to the Faroe Islands, so... <laughs> Yeah, so you say Scotland four points clear of Israel, Israel whereas yeah. Wales are third in their group, but they're level on points with uh, the Czech Republic, uh, but have a game in hand on them. Ah. So if they get a point from that, then they're in second, which is sort of qualifying territory. Um, and lastly, England, uh, we are recording just before kickoff. Yes, I'm just about to put a message in the group chat reminding the predictions. England Hungary game at Wembley, um, which is going to be one of, hopefully, for England fans, uh, the final few on the way to qualification. Yeah. Um, after a. I mean, well, I don't know, how would we describe the Andorra? I I thought it was disappointing. Oh. I know scoreline wise, I was expecting more for one. Yeah. But the the team was actually relatively inexperienced, and when you look at the combinations that were on the pitch, there's a lot of players there that have never played with each other before. That's that's true, but uh, I'm you you and me both predicted eight nil, Matt. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, to be honest, I predicted that having not seen the team. I mean, these results I, happen. I though, have but like, seen the team. It's still a very convincing win either way. Yeah. I mean, Jaden yeah. Sancho did rip like a forty-one-year-old knee bomb hole, so which was quite funny. But and I thought Phil Foden was excellent throughout. Oh, his his passes from deep uh, were pretty tasty. I read something today. Someone that had compared him to four players. I know. I know it was the passing of Patrick Vieira. What were the other interesting? What were the other attributes they'd given him for it? I know one was with Kevin De Bruyne. I think the I think they said the shooting of Aguero. Aguero of Aguero. Yeah, Excuse me. The the four players. One was De, Vieira, De Bruyne, and Vieira, not necessarily known for his passing. Yeah, and compared and, to Foden's passing, and Aguero were three of them. I cannot remember the fourth. See, I felt like... But I, I remember disagreeing with it. <laughs> I, I totally... I mean, I think he's very, very good and he's one of England's best prospects, but I, I do, like... This obviously doesn't sound particularly, you know, unbiased, but I would rather have Mason Mount on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking! I, I definitely think it depends on the team. I think Foden really suits playing a team like... Uh, like Andorra for exactly what we saw he's, <laughs> I, I he's, he was Andorra. excellent yeah but he was excellent <laughs> I mean, I, at picking actually, out those like millimetre perfect balls from deeper midfield I, positions I also really suit playing against like under 16 teams because I'm far better than them <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Mason Mount is more of a he's a lot more well rounded yeah well, than you definitely but... no Phil Foden <laughs> No, I'm, I'm physically I'm way more well, well-rounded than Mason Mount. <laughs> I was going to say, but Luke Shaw's the most well-rounded of them all. I mean, admittedly, he can defend and he's got a good cross on him. So I guess literally Shaw's and metaphorically... Decent. He gets a lot of hate. He's very good. Mm. But, yeah, I think Phil Foden is very good, but I think the hype train can go on quite strong with him. Whereas I feel yes. other people do get ignored I mean, quite a lot. I mean, like, there's a lot of hope on it, on him, isn't there? Into becoming like a real superstar. Yes, that's true. Probably and the likes of which we've not seen since Rooney. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe I'd say is how is how good and, people expect. Him and to I be. think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed when he's benched by Emil Smith Rowe at the World Cup next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd go for further than that and say he's pretty like the next Gaza, really. Yeah, he does have a bit. He's of got a bit of Gaza in him. Magic in him. Yes. Although we are fortunate to have a few players like that, if not Mount, who, as you said, was was more of a rounded mm. midfielder. Yes, uh, Grealish certainly has an air of Gaza to him. <laughs> definitely. I mean, there's quite a few magic players in the England setup, but Mount's definitely not. Yeah. I'd say I don't even know who to compare him to. Cause I'm not clever enough. I mean, but... he's he's no Bukayo Saka. <laughs> no. Well, all right, I'll I'll. I'll mention it in the context of the the Paul Merson documentary that we mentioned, right? He was describing his style of play um, to a psychologist who he was talking to about gambling, right? And he was saying, like, this is why I I don't play the safe pass. I always sort of risk it all. I'll either play an absolute killer ball that no one else on the pitch would see. Or fuck it up. Or I will lose the ball and fuck it up and look like an absolute moron. I feel like... Whereas Foden and Grealish are more like that type of player, Mount definitely isn't. But I think Mount gets the killer ball. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. That's almost as that. often though, and he, he's got the he's one of the best players I've ever seen do the basics. Oh, you and your best ever 
best he's, in the yeah, yeah, he's, he's one of the one of the best ever I've seen do the basic. <laughs> he, he's like he doesn't do any like your mental yeah. skill moves, but like he'll Yeah, he doesn't go on like a skill run like Green. Like, an insane touch and just take it away from someone. Play amazing balls or do long shots as often as Foden might. But he'll just on like two, three touches edge of the box. He's as good as any of mm. them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Shut up, Jim. You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, we can't tell too much from the uh, Andorra game because it was against Andorra. Yeah. Hungary tonight will be a bit more of a test. I think. I was, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, would you say the big story would be Thibaut Courtois' interview or the final? Well, ah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I forgot about the Nations League final. <laughs> Yeah, so that was the the Nations League semi-finals and final have already, of well, and have also taken place. Yes. This international break with, uh, so was it France beat Italy, and no. Spain beat Belgium, or the other way? Other way around. around. Spain beat Italy, France beat Belgium. Oh yeah, of course it was because it was a repeat of the Euro semi-final. Yeah, and then Italy beat Spain, and no. France beats no. France beats <laughs> Italy Spain. beat Belgium. My head's gonna blow. France, France beats Spain. France beats Spain um, with a, an offside goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of big talking points from both of those games, I guess. As you mentioned, the offside goal in the final. In the, I don't know how I feel about that it, though. It was. Is it just offside? But it just was offside. It was offside. But it's it, 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 it also like the international community shield, so <laughs> I don't really care that much. But did so? Did Eric Garcia not get a touch? Yeah, but I or did he? I, I he did get a touch, but didn't because I thought he, he did. did. I think he did get a touch, but like I was, I was listening to something. In, it was like before the like the ball was in play, or like the ball the ball was playing. For something. An, but oh, well I don't know. But I thought that I've like I, the impression I got is it's a rare occurrence of what will just be something which doesn't seem to be in the spirit of the offside rule but given offside is objective mm. it's just something that is going to crop up every now and then yeah. and we've got to accept that like we've got into uh, or not we the refereeing <laughs> associations have got into a bit of a habit of trying to fix rules that aren't necessarily totally broken at the end of every season. Yes, that's true. And if if we see a rule change on the back of that goal, I think it would probably be a bit pointless. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I agree with you there. There's um, a lot of tinkering with, with shit that don't need tinkering with. It's, ju- it's just yeah. a shame that because of this, Didier Deschamps won't lose his job. Because he's... <laughs> <laughs> and for the next, what, 18 months further... International football will continue to be boring at the highest I level. Know, but I, no, I think the reason it was <laughs> like, the reason it probably should have been called offside is because when the ball was played, like he was he was standing. He was offside. The last defender. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think the the most most interesting point from the you know the you know the finals of the Nation League was Timo mm-hmm. Courtois' interview, where he said that players have been For feeling sure. you know a lot more burnt out this season considering the amount of game time there has been. I thought it was really, really interesting watching the interview. Yeah, I mean, since since Project Restart, players at the top level that will have played Champions League latter stages, that first mm. sort of mini tournament they had, and then Euros last summer, have barely had a break. They've had about yeah. probably four or five weeks off total. Mm-hmm. 
in the space of nearly two years. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, top players, and that's yeah. just set to continue. Top players have played about sixty games a season for two seasons in a row, row almost, which is really unsustainable. I like the level you see, you know, teams like City or Liverpool, or like other really high pressing sides play at. Is, I've I've been thinking about it recently because, and I know you hate it when I bring it up, but. Cricket. Cricket? Yeah. Well, I don't. you might have seen, because it might have been in the news, I don't know, I don't watch the news, there's been a, de- a debate in the England team, with the, the England and Wales cricket board, about whether or not they would go to the Ashes. Oh, the players have been, no. The, the players have been complaining about the, the bubble life, the, the how difficult that is mentally. Oh, they'd hate playing for West Ham. And they, <laughs> no, they just, they just wanted to take their families with them to Australia to make it slightly mm-hmm. easier from a, a mental health sort of point of view and uh, the, the Australian government have basically said that they won't bend the rules for yeah because they've got very tight restrictions yeah for for families to come over so I'd so I've been thinking about that the that a lot of people don't understand because I mean to most people it was like a dream job you know being a professional sportsman mm-hmm. at the at the highest level I think a lot of people don't understand quite how strenuous and stressful and tough those jobs can be in the workload even though it looks like a dream job and for a lot of us that consider it like a hobby or just a bit of fun to do it professionally it's, it's a very different dynamic and it's a, it can take a lot out of you hmm yeah I mean I think when you compare it to other sports the I guess breaks given to players are far far bigger when compared to football I mean I guess bad comparison me for uni I get a 10 week break I do. Let's put it politely, right? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fuck all. We censor that bit. But that is, that I is should, accurately. I should, I should, no. You want to censor that? No. That's to protect your <laughs> college career. Yeah, but I, I, I do very, very little in comparison to... What, over your international break? Yeah, exactly. Compared to, compared to a professional footballer, anyway. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's I get fair. Far, I don't, far I don't work break. in the month of August. As, as an example, like... You teach children. Easy. Yeah. You know? It's, re- it's, it's really not. <laughs> oh, wait, did I ask? No. He was extremely critical. Um, you said they were, uh, you, Basically yeah. just calling out the, the, the powers that be, UEFA and FIFA. On the, the workload. Just trying to push their own envelopes and enlarge their own wallets. To the detriment of yeah. players well. The same footballers I guess, you know, aren't machines and, you know, need a break. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. And there will become a breaking point. It's something I'm gonna bring up in our shit talk topic later eventually. Well, the money is gonna grow too much. The players aren't gonna be considered enough and the quality will just plummet. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in, in injuries will become so prevalent exactly. that the squads won't have the the depth to to cope. I know it's uh, sort of a different ball game, but Man City's women's team couldn't, couldn't yes. field a full at the start of the season. Couldn't field a full bench the other mm-hmm. game. I think it was Man City. It was someone like yeah, someone well, Arsenal have played. I mean, no one. But because wants because of injuries. The, the Champions League final between Chelsea and Man... Well, well people still would, obviously, but... <laughs> if if both Champions League final teams have half their players injured... Yeah. People aren't as interested. No, no, you want to watch... The best... De Bruyne against... Kanze. 
N'Golo Golo Kante. Yeah, no one wants to watch Chelsea's reserves play Manchester. No one wants to play like like Ross Barkley yeah, one on Especially not for a like, big No trophy. one wants to see Ross Barkley one on one with Zach Steffen. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not really ideal, is it? Or like <laughs> Or like J- Jamal Blackman make a save from a, a fam- famously <laughs> still at Chelsea. I know he's not. I couldn't think of like another. Or like, on a Mark Bettinelli make it like a long range save yeah. from Fabian Delph. Or like <laughs> another player still at the club. You've told them. Nathan Ake. I don't care. I don't care. Like you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like, yes, I mean, even obviously, there's no C two reserve players. Like reserve players are just the first team. Yeah, true. City's a bad example to use. Well, like, I, I don't context. know then. Like, Phil Jones, you know, do something. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, just don't want to see Phil Jones. Not at all. But... Never again. Although, it could, it could be quite likely if both Rafa Varane and Harry Maguire are injured right now. So I know. United mm. could be in. And they've got a bad run of fixtures oh, coming up. Oh, it's horrific. Um, it's the international break, and as, has, has, as has now become tradition, we get to talk about women's football for a bit. I don't have much. Yeah. Um, the, at the start of this game weekend, only two teams were starting having won all of their games, and they were Arsenal and Tottenham at the top of the league with four wins from four. However, there was an upset in one part of North London this weekend as Spurs were reduced to ten after one of their players received two yellows. And ended up losing 2-1 to Brighton, which meant they dropped down into third behind Chelsea, who beat newly promoted Leicester 2-0 and allowed Arsenal to go three points clear at the top of the league with a 3-0 win over Everton. Elsewhere in the Manchester derby, City and United were only able to manage a draw, which leaves... Yeah, that was an interesting game, right? It was, but it leaves Man City in ninth place in the league at the end of the week, which is unusually low for last year's second place. We would be expecting to see them right up at the top, but they've had a bit... Well, in their defence, they have had an injury-plagued season so far, but players are starting to return. They did open with a, albeit uh, suspicious loss to to Tottenham. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they won't be very happy about where they're sitting at the moment, and uh, an all London top three. Yeah, Arsenal were on a eleven game winning streak up until they were handed a four nil thrashing, no, a four one thrashing. Sorry, at the yeah. hands of Barcelona. I have to say though, in the women's that Champions Barcelona League, team were unbelievable. They are good. they are the defending Champions League champions. They yeah, are and, a, and handed Chelsea an absolute battering in the final oh, they did, of last year's they competition. They are a particularly good team at the moment, that Barcelona women's team. Um that's my that's my women's that's my women's football chat for this week. I was Thank just you. gonna say sweet and short, um, short and sweet. Even even though Arsenal are top of the WSL yeah. with a hundred percent record for me, Chelsea's still favourites to get the title come the end of the season, just about. Um, I don't. They're, they're definitely one of the favourites. There's, there's, there's still obviously a top side, um, but I think they will have quite a battle with Arsenal this year with the new manager, and they've made some really good signings: Tobin Heath, Nikita Paris, Freedom Arnhem, who scored an absolute bang yes, against Everton. And they're looking, they're looking a pretty strong force. 
So I reckon mm. it could be quite quite close between the two Arsenal clubs. While Man City have still got a strong squad, with there only being 12 teams in the WSL, being a short season, these games do matter. So having a poor start to the season like yeah. this could, if they don't pick up the pace very, very soon, could leave them out of the running. Um, which I think will it'll open up a spot for Manchester United, who were, were fighting hard to be in that top three last year. Could I see them over being better than Tottenham for the rest of the season? Mm. So, yeah, Arsenal and Chelsea definitely stand out favourites at the moment. Leicester will go back down. Just that out there. You, I mean, you say that. You say that. Last time everyone said that, they won the league the year after. So, don't hold <laughs> that your horses. Was, that, that was that was that was the men. Leicester City are the Norwich City of the WSL. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Leicester City were the Norwich of the year they got promoted. And look again, five thousand to one. Here we are. Yeah. I was going to suggest going to just 59 seconds. Right, Jim, you're speaking first. Yeah. Only two things on the wheel this week. Excellent. So. I'm sure I'm ill equipped. You will to be speak talking about. Oh, it's reasons. a really, really easy one. Callum Robinson. <laughs> oh, I can do this. Who most certainly has been in the news he, this he week. He has been in the news very to recently. To be fair. Right. You know how the game works, Jim. 59 seconds talking about Callum Robinson without hesitation, repetition, or deviation from the topic or the truth. Three, two, one, go. Callum Robinson is an Irish professional footballer who plays for West Brom Albion in the Championship. Hesitation? Well, that's time. <laughs> that's hesitation. Also, West Brom Albion. I'm West not Bromwich, too sure yeah. about that. Exactly. I would say West Brom or West Bromwich Albion. Or WBA, I don't know. I think Jim might be going for a tactic here, because he definitely searched Callum Robinson up. <laughs> so I think he's stalled to let it go to Ivor, who will run out of time before Jim goes back to reading Wikipedia to finish off. I'm not actually reading Wikipedia, I'm looking for why he's been in the news this week. Oh, that's cheating as well! Know. No, no, I've got no idea. Well, Ivor will cover it. Ivor, it's over sure. to you in three, two, one. So as you may or may not have heard, Callum Robinson has recently been in the news not for scoring many goals against Chelsea, although he has done that in the past. He's been in the news for rejecting the COVID vaccine as he believes it is his choice not to take it. This, of course, comes as many people have been asking why Premier League footballers have not been up, you know, taking the vaccine at high rates. Because I think only a third of players have had both the vaccines, including Edson Cavani and Cesar Azpilicueta. However, this has come as many footballers and you know health professionals in the associated with football have argued that players can avoid their vaccine because of the negative da- downsides to you know that can come afterwards, such as negative side effects, you know, from the vaccine. However, this is quite. Oh, a- I'm going to call repetition on that. I'm afraid. Oh, Break. <laughs> so well. You're angry because you know I'm right. <laughs> Um, oh, we're doing really well. I set him we're up doing really plate. well, I can tell you that. No. <laughs> so, Jim, but remember without repetition, Jim. Oh, well, on what my else account, say? I've, I've got to be, com- I've got to be completely honest. I wasn't entirely listening to what I ever said. So <laughs> yeah, I thought you weren't. You were busy Googling away, you cheeky devil. Well, that's right, cheating. Ivorous. I should win in default. The thing is. Yeah, but he always does this. The thing is. The one time I did it, I got disqualified. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the news headlines. That's cheating. That is cheating. The, the, but most of them aren't even about him not having the vaccine. Most of them are about the Republic of Ireland's game against Azerbaijan. 
Yes, he did score a brace in that, so I'm now going to ban you from mentioning that <laughs> in the remaining time you have. Absolutely fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Right, three, two, one, go. Callum Robinson was born on the 2nd of February 1995. No, no, he can't have that. He can't have that. He cannot have that. He was born well, in Northampton, no, England. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, that is just 59 seconds, so now we're left with the decision of awarding the win to Jim. Or oh, does he get that? Giving him a DQ right. for cheating. Well, this depends what we clarify this as is a, cheating. A huge, I will, I will openly moment I, in the constitution well, I, of the game. I already have openly admitted that I was looking him up, but I read the fact while Ivor was talking and was off the page by the time I was talking again. So I had memorised. It's still cheating. As I it's wasn't still cheating. Them as I, wasn't reading them as I said them. It's still cheating. In my opinion. Ivor should win. Get That's in. fair enough. That's fair Especially enough. Especially as he's the people's champ. Yeah. Right. The people would I'm, hate I'm not, it for I'm us to deny Ivor a victory. One, one, I'm not, I'm, one. I've not won in about ten attempts, so... I know. I, I'm not unhappy about that. Due to fraud every time, you know? <laughs> the, the only other story that I'd sort of picked up on and thought was worthy enough of going on the wheels just... Jack Wilshire going back into Arsenal training um, as well. So, hang on, wasn't with Callum Robinson, we've got a, a relatively relevant uh, topic. Wasn't hang on, that, wasn't someone else arrested? Oh, Eve Basuma. That's happened. Yeah, Eve Basuma was arrested. That's happened yeah. since our last recording. He was. I mean, I wasn't sure if we'd want to talk about that. To be honest, so I didn't put him on. Prison. Her Majesty's. I put, I put gambling on gambling and football on, which we'd already mentioned, and yeah. Thibaut Courtois on. Which we've already mentioned. Your Majesty's prisons will soon be able to. They'll soon be a solid League One side. They're they're genuinely looking pretty tasty. Which is what they were thinking just before they went to prison. (laughs) You're proud of that. I actually am. It's it's both disturbing and somewhat reassuring that all these people are being arrested. I mean, why are now they... you can tell why Brighton were so desperate to get rid of him why, for like seemingly there... under his value. Why are there so many nonces in football? But at least they are being caught now. Well, no. To be fair, some of them are not nonces. They're just dodgy geezers. Yeah. Ibrahima has been convicted of being a dodgy geezer. Today in the Crown <laughs> Court reports. No, no, I think to a certain extent Matt's right. He was just arrested for sexual assault, wasn't he? It wasn't sexual assault of a minor. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, was it? I think it was uh, suspected sexual assault as well. Which. Whereas, like, Mendy has been refused bail three times now, I think. Talk, talking, of ba- talking of bailouts. Well, no, I was, I was gonna. Uh, yeah, yeah, good <laughs> shot. Go. Talking yeah. of bailouts. Um. Newcastle been bailed out of their their woes. I, yeah. I mean, they weren't in financial woes because no. for all things you can say about Mike Ashley as an owner, he's got a bit of money. He had he had them running a very efficient, if not boring business model, if yeah. not incredibly boring. But it like has... they were a good money making club. Yeah, but not a good club to support. I mean, even then, no. I think calling them a good money making club is. Also, a bit of a stretch considering they were. Well, he was just not taking the gamble, no, he was, was he? he was, they were definitely a bit of a yo yo club, or like looking to be like that. Mm-hmm. Although they've been in the frame for a few years, it has been like by the skin of their teeth. Like, and like a real sleeping giant as well. The potential there is massive, oh yeah, which is why um, 
whoever the fuck the name of the company is have bought them. Basically Saudi Arabia, though, isn't it? Have 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 bought Newcastle off Mike Ashley. Yeah. Much to fans' delight. For I think for Newcastle mi- fans, obviously, that is. Million pounds. Billion. I actually don't know. Oh wait, no, no, the actual point. That's their value. No, that's the the, the company the value. value. No, the company oh, value is like three hundred thirty billion. They bought it for like three hundred mil. Yeah, no, I don't know the don't yeah know the buyout price. Um, a sports director. Uh, I assume I assume that the pair of you are familiar with the the uh, crisis meeting that's been held by the other nineteen clubs in the Premier League about the fact that Newcastle are now yeah. absolutely minted. Well, I don't know what the crisis meeting is for, right? Is it about I can, sports? Watching? I can only assume they just think it's unfair. Because it's not unfair, they'll still have to obey the same financial fair play regulations as everyone else. They yes. exist, if you're in the Prem. But I thought I saw... But the, the... they are rich enough to just not obey those and... Well, I thought I saw that the, the, the complaints would be about sports washing, which basically means oh, yeah. Saudi Arabia using Newcastle as an opportunity to... Remove their bad reputation while getting away with human rights abuses, which they've obviously been accused of in the yes. lead-up and the aftermath of the takeover. Yes, and Amnesty International, I believe it was, pleaded with the Premier League to to turn down the, yeah. the offer. Yeah, but I mean, this is a, this is a problem with the, the Premier League, which has been being mentioned. I mean, it, it certainly flared up when the Super League stuff was going on. Mm. Um, that the the Premier League actually, well, to be fair, I think the the one rule that I remember being, remember hearing is in theory upheld when a club secures a new owner. The Premier League is sort of obliged to make sure that this new owner hasn't committed human rights abuses or mm. like war crimes. Yes. Um, but apart from that, you can basically have they're, whoever you want. They're not Pablo Escobar. Oh, and and now they're yeah. financially stable and whatnot, which I'm pretty sure the Saudi yeah. Arabian government. Yes. Is. Until oil disappears, unless oil disappears, I think they're okay. Well, it is famously a finite risk. No, but it's not been to about station radio. Recently, about... I've written all gone. That's a supply I'll issue. I'll have you know, Jim. It is. It is a yeah. It is a supply issue. That's what Actually, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> it's a supply issue because there is no supply. It's all run out. But yeah, I think after. Many rigorous checks, you know, the sports wa- sports washing claims that you know have come up previously with the Qatar World Cup. It is yes. interesting to see, and our shit talk topic that's going to come up this week, as Matt has very briefly mentioned. What would you spend the money on if you were the? What would you do with all that cash? Bargain hunt. Maybe think of that for some reason. Yeah. So, I don't know how you guys have done uh, this. I I've basically done what I would do in the January window. Right. In which it's reported they'll have a budget of 150 to 180, depending on where you look, million pounds to spend. Um, but I don't know if you have done more just like big picture signings you'd want them to make type of thing, which I've not. Yeah, I just sort of thought about it. I hadn't written anything down, unlike me yeah. the, for, prepar- <clears throat> for preparing for these podcasts. Well, so, so what I did... I, I had a I had a word with friend of the show and Newcastle fan Laura. Um, asked her for our best Newcastle team, and then thought, what would I do to build on and improve this? Because to be fair, I think people are forgetting that they're still in like a potential relegation battle with the squad they've got. Yes. To to secure the investment, um, the new owners do probably need to 
do some serious investment this window straight away. I mean, I think they've been to make sure they're not going mean, to relegate. They've been them. immediately linked with uh, a not Steve Bruce, and then B. Yes, I think <laughs> the, the, the big marquee signings looking to be Kalidou Koulibaly. From what is I mean, it? I mean, uh, I've, I've seen desperate pleas to sign him from Newcastle, apparently. But I think I guess ah. if we go through this one by one. Well, you you mentioned Steve Bruce, so should we start with the manager? Yeah, I was going to. Who do you think they should that. bring in? Well, I was going I was going to say um, Conte is still looking for a job. Yeah, that's what I thought. You see, I don't think he would ever ever move to the northeast of England. <laughs> Everyone's got their price. Do you know? I looked at his history, and his so his average time at a club is one point two. And I don't know if that is like two months or two tenths of a year, but it's not too different. One point two years, which is not long at all. And also, in terms of fighting relegation, he's also only been at two or three clubs that have fought relegation, and obviously not lasted very long, given the average sort of spell that he's got. And it is a mixed record that he's got in keeping clubs up when they're in that position. But didn't he? Leave Inter mm-hmm. because he he wasn't given the budget he wanted. Pretty yes, much, he was. Yeah. So sure, that's why I surely that's that's going to be a big pull because they can just say money budget. What budget? What budget? <laughs> yeah, much. what do you want? We'll <laughs> give I mean, it to you. Yeah, I think I think quite a good appointment would be Ralph Ragnick. Ragnick is he Salzburg? Uh, form, formerly Salzburg. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, yeah, he'd be he'd be very good. Uh, you know, very good acquirer of talent as well. So I guess Newcastle could also, you know, bring in a lot of like, you know, very young, impressive talent. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like you. Know, I remember when they just had a shit ton of French players and were actually quite good in like 2011, 2012. <clears throat> I guess could go back mm-hmm. to along with a few, a few worse French players. To be fair. <laughs> oh, true. Florian um, Tovin. Johan Gufran is the first one that comes Florian to mind. Florian second. Florian Tovan. Yeah. Quite good now. Because this, yeah, the, you you raise a good point, Ivor. This is the, I was obviously trying to think of realistic transfers, transfers that they can do, which means you're not really going to be able to buy players that are necessarily in the thick of their prime. I mean, Mbappe's contract and players that are at a Champions League club. Mbappe's contract well, is out next you, summer. You say that, but to a certain extent, when you've had this big a financial takeover. There I, is, yeah, there, there is a project is to keep the, walking into for sure. The sky's the limit. So, like, like Ivers just said, Mbappe has been rumored to be wanting to leave PSG. His contract's not got that much left in it. If they can bring in some other talent at the same time, someone to like to convince him, you know, this is this is somewhere you're going to want to come. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they won't be targeting Mbappe level players. Yeah, but I don't think they'll be able to immediately. Maybe not immediately. No, but I mean, they but... could just pay Mbappe two mil a year and like he would come to Newcastle. Yeah, probably. I mean, let's face it, Newcastle's definitely a nicer city than Paris. <laughs> I mean, it's got more culture. Like, Mbappe could be really angling for a Greggs. That's because the, that's the he French He could be good mates re- with Alan Sen Maximan. That's because the French have a revolution every 20 minutes and knock all of their culture down. I mean, right. Great. Um, moving on from that. Either did, so... <laughs> Yeah, who who are we thinking then, signing wise? What do we want to do? Go to like defence to up front. I mean, I, th- I think they just or need midfield to be honest. Just go through each of our. 
I each mean, of our whole projects I mean, one at a time. For a start, I would probably, you know, like sign fixing world hunger because that can be done for a mere six billion, a mere two percent, <laughs> a two percent of the PIS wealth. But in all seriousness, I think Newcastle need midfielders because the only one that can do anything is John Joe Shelby, and that is just pass. Whoa. Jake, actually no, no, take that back. Jacob Murphy's all right, but I'm not really sure. What, what about Joe Willock? Yeah. Miggy Almiron. Oh, Miggy Almiron's like a pepperoni. He's absolute toss. <laughs> <laughs> if if we're going straight to midfielders, I had seen someone this week suggesting that they should go for Jesse Lingard, and as I suggest every episode, he should be playing first team football. <laughs> yeah, so if Jesse Lingard can, would definitely be a, if they a can decent put, signing for them. Uh, Donny van der Beek as well. Donny van der Beek, too many. For me, they need just a solid uh, defensive midfielder. Because, I mean, I was working on the fact, like, the presumption that they'd get Conte for, for my model. So that meant a 5-3-2, and I thought, you can have Almiron and Willock, either side of a real holding midfielder uh, that isn't John Joe Shelby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a few names. Basuma, obviously, we mentioned earlier. I wouldn't necessarily go for him at the current time. <laughs> yeah, might um, be smart. Frank Kessie who's been linked with big moves for, and for big money, so maybe not him. I, mean, I thought for, Dennis Zachariah. I was going to say, or, or his teammate Florian Neuhaus. Could be a good one for them. Neuhaus would be good. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, they could just raid the entire Gladbach midfield and be all right. That's the thing, because Gladbach are a, a decent team at the moment with no European football all, at all. Or good think. manager, particularly. I don't... Yeah. What, so, might be what, about, that. what about Ward-Prowse? No, I don't like him. <laughs> Right, you're not signing him. Yeah, but I don't like him. I mean, I am. I mean, where where are Southampton at the moment? They've lost Danny Ings. They're in Southampton. Yeah, I know that. You just on the south coast. <laughs> I know that you bellend. It's, they're, it's, my, it's, they're, my, they're my closest Premier League team. It's, at five more, it's more south than Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, what they're seventeenth. Ward Prowse is better than that, despite Ivor's opinions. He could see it as an opportunity to to ditch a sinking ship, as it were, with them having lost Danny. It Ings. would be a very big move for him, just in terms of mileage. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if I can see him making Maybe it. Really no, I'm just I'm just sort of throwing names out there. Neves, Neves, McGinn, other Who? Uh, Ruben Neves. I oh, tried right, to feel yeah, fancy yeah. and say it like Portuguese, just got it completely wrong, <laughs> and he always looked at me like I was fucking stupid. Ruben Neves. <laughs> But it's like Sean Connery. But it's <laughs> certainly an option, though. Uh, you could very, very feasibly get Ross Barkley out of Chelsea. Please, Lord, get Ross Barkley out of Chelsea. <laughs> uh, who... Maybe get Danny drink water while oh. you're at it. Oh, you God, know. he plays for us, doesn't he? He plays for Chelsea, doesn't he? <laughs> Sorry, he plays for Chelsea, doesn't he? God. Well, he, he doesn't play for anyone, but he's under contract at Chelsea. Looking elsewhere, the midfield, I thought they could do with a left-footed centre-back. That would be good. Uh, because currently they only have Kieran Clark, who's 32 and not very okay. good. I think Koulibaly so is left-footed. So, I'm thinking Umtiti could be available on a free this January from Barca, yeah. who are obviously in desperate financial state. If not, he'll be on the cheap and maybe Sven Botman who's been linked with moves in the last few windows. That'd be a good signing, yeah. Never really happened for him, and he could be a real project centre-half for them to bring in. 
Is there anyone else they could poach from Balsa? Because you're right, Balsa are in a bit of a financial difficulty. Troubles at the moment. Coutinho is one that's been yes, brought I've read, up. Yeah, I've read that a couple as of times. a name, but I don't really see oh, him. Get, get is Cohen in in? But, he's not really in a position that they desperately need for me. No, the problem. I think half the problem is they they can afford some of these big names, but don't necessarily have the pull to bring them in unless the, yeah, exactly. unless they are. Unless they're that easily swayed by a big paycheck, you sort of need yeah, to... Yeah, or if it's just someone really desperate to get out of their club. Yeah, you, you almost need to be in the position where you can agree a few of them at a time. You need to be able to, like, if yeah. just hypothetically, you need to be able to say to Mbappe, look, we're bringing so-and-so and so-and-so. They're, well, they're on board if you're on board, sort of thing. The thing I thought, like, maybe they should do with getting some more experienced players yes. to, to sort of build them up to an upper mid-table status before they can then make that next step. So Trippier's been linked with a move away. I thought he could maybe, if he is unsettled at uh, Atletico, be tempted by a big paycheck. He's obviously in the latter stages of his career, so in yeah, his mind true. at the moment will be my next contract is my last big contract. So if Newcastle offer him that big, big contract, I could definitely see that happening. I can see that working well for both of them, to be honest. And Lacazette from Arsenal, with with uh, his his contract expiring yeah. at the end of the year, and a I've... proven Premier League goal scorer. And I've heard they're lining up replacements for him. What Arsenal are, you mean? Yeah, I read be. something the other day about someone they were targeting as a Lacazette replacement. Well, I saw, I think it was either today or yesterday, that Lacazette's got no intention of signing an extension. And if Newcastle can get him in for a few seasons, then look to replace him. He's he's an upgrade on even Wilson, who obviously is massively injury-prone anyway. And I don't think what is an upgrade on Wilson. Yeah, like they really should not go for Lacazette. I think they should just go young. But I think they've they've got uh, ASM is obviously going to be like the talisman up I mean, front anyway. Batch, I might be a shout. Yeah, I thought about Origi and Ketia, all available on cheap. But yeah. I mean, I, I think they definitely shouldn't go for, maybe like the odd old player, but I feel like Newcastle definitely could just do what Arsenal have done to Chelsea quite a lot. I feel I can really see like a feeding chain emerging of Chelsea offloading all their draws to Arsenal and then Arsenal offloading all their draws to Newcastle. <laughs> So I did think along the same lines as you, Ivor, about young players. But obviously, as we've discussed, they maybe need to get young players from teams that aren't doing their best. Yes. So I thought Max Aaron's, uh, I've mentioned Trippier, it was an alternative in the different end of the spectrum of their career. Max Aaron's could be a solid signing. Um, and I don't know if either of you have heard of him. Uh Guiri I have heard of from him. Leon. Yes. He's had a very good start to the season in Ligan for a team that have no European he's football. A very, very high pedigree young player. Yeah. Again, also Awa would be a good shout considering Leon are trying to mm-hmm. give him to literally everyone and their mum. Like, <laughs> they're they're going to sell him for like 15 mil like, in the summer. Yeah. Why? He's unbelievable. Again, just raid Leon as well. That'd be another good shout. Take on. Oh, I forget his name. Uh, Bruno Gimaraish. Oh yeah, very good idea, very good shout, for yeah, sure. Oh my god, I have you know nothing they've... about football. <laughs> Neither of us have said that today. Yeah, today. No. <laughs> good. Leon have a very good squad, don't they? So yeah. they're sort of exactly the sort of team that Newcastle should be looking to poach from because 
they have no more to offer than Newcastle. Imagine telling in terms of competition and a much reduced wage. Imagine telling someone like ten years ago that Newcastle, or like fifteen years ago, that Newcastle going to pillage Leon this summer. What it would have just been like the status quo? Do you mean either? It's like oh, Newcastle poaching a French club. Seen it all before. <laughs> for some reason, I was. For some reason, I'm still of the mindset that 15 years ago would be the mid 90s. <laughs> And, and uh, having watched the rise of the Premier League, I've just been covering the, the Newcastle Manchester United title race. When did Newcastle oh, right. win? They, Never. They didn't. Oh, they bottled it. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. It was yes. um, Blackburn. Blackburn. With a... Blackburn. Yeah. yeah. Um, just looking at the bottom of the Prem, trying to think of good players from teams that are struggling at the moment. Do you think they could take Nick Pope from Burnley? I don't. They don't really need it. James. I don't know if they I think, need a I think keeper. The Burnley player they should sign is either James Tarkovsky or Dwight McNeil. Really, like. Yeah, Tarkovsky's massively linked. And Dwight McNeil. I always forget he's twenty-one. I feel like everyone at Burnley should be twenty-four yeah. or over, but he's not. <laughs> Anyone from Leeds, Bamford? I don't see that making any sense, to be honest. No. Rafinha. Ooh. If they could get him off Leeds, imagine Rafinha oh, and some. Imagine yeah. the set yeah, down. That's a good shout. The step down, though. Rafinha, like, he could go to, like, Liverpool or something. True, yeah, true. He's, he's got a lot of good options available we're to We're entertaining him. a possibility where soon Newcastle will be a better team than Liverpool. Well, he's in our good. Instagram poll, I think something like 60% said they reckon Newcastle will become title challengers. I mean, it's not exactly a highly representative poll, may I say. No, true. It's, no. it's not got the biggest sample size, but... but, but if you've if you've got that much money to play around with and you're not at the very least securing regular European football you're doing I mean as long as wrong. they can stay up this year that's the danger for me mm. that's why I think Brendan Rodgers has been linked so heavily yeah because he well, is a proven well, Premier League manager who has kept a team up before that's what I was Swansea. about to say Big Sam, Big Sam. imagine having like 300 billion like worth owners and getting big Sam and knocking on Sam Allardyce's door. <laughs> but I mean, Rogers is is a manager who's done. He's done the survival with Swansea. He also has done the top end with with Liverpool, and like Champions League challenging with Leicester. So he's mm. he's a manager that's plotted the the path. Not with the same club, but the, yeah. the path that Newcastle want to go on. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Whereas your Conte hasn't really. He just got a big break at Juventus. It was in the early 2010s, which totally transformed his yeah. his career and reputation. From what I can see, I, I'll be honest. I would I wouldn't be focusing too much on players at the moment. I'd be focusing. Well, they definitely need reinforcements. Yeah, I'd I'd make a couple of signings. Right, bolster the squad a bit, but I'd be focusing the majority of the money on the moment on staffing so new managers, better staff. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, they yeah. do just have a, a very equi- bloated squad as well. They need to get rid of players as much as they need to bring some in. Equipment and training and facilities and things, mm-hmm. so that they are they're sort of of a higher standard than the Newcastle. Do you squad. have a, an encyclopedic knowledge of Newcastle's? I mean, I've got, I believe I've got, the canteen. I've got no idea. He's just a massive Greg's. <laughs> no, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Newcastle's training facilities, but I assume they are training facilities that could be improved by a large injection of money, so that when you then go to sign possibly top players such as Mbappe, for example, 
as a hypothetical, they're arriving at top-notch facilities, so you're keeping them on side from the off and they're not turning up to facilities that are not as good as they have had at rich clubs such as PSG. Although it has gone down on film that Mbappe doesn't rate the weather in Newcastle. What? I don't no. know if you've seen. No, but, um, shocking. And did you see the 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 video Antoine Griezmann put on his story on Instagram over the Euros, no. I think it was? So Antoine no, Griezmann, massive football manager fan, and for some reason he always manages Newcastle. And so they're on the of team. Of course he does, jet. of course he does. And, and Griezmann sat there at his computer and he just looks across to, to Mbappe and says, oh, Killian, I've, I've just signed you on Football Manager. And Mbappe goes, oh, for who? And Griezmann goes, Newcastle. And Mbappe, says, there's a silence. And then he goes, the weather's not very good there. <laughs> and that's where it ends. Brilliant. So let's wrap up. Let's indeed. Matt, I think you're the only one of us with a proper sort of drink for you to do because I've had Bex and I just had... That is very true. I um, For like what is seemingly quite a bog standard beer, or at least I, that is my perception of it, the Newcastle Brown Ale is really nice, I think. Um, and I will definitely get it again. I wonder if we should do any uh, one episode where we're all drinking a beer that has sponsored a football team at some point. How many are there? I, Carlsberg, Brown Ale. Carling. The only two I can think of as well, yeah. Carling. Carling's done the tournament. Yeah, and then the first, the the fourth no, final Car- person Carling, have Carabao. No, Carling had uh, <laughs> Rangers. Oh, they might have done, yeah. Uh, probably like Magnus has had someone too. Foster's know. has probably had an A League team. Yeah, I'm sure we can look it up. But yes, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Bye, Bye listeners. Thank I'm you. watching you all the time. <laughs> all the time. No, really. <laughs>